Ramadan Mubarak, everyone. Welcome to Cup of Chai. This podcast is being recorded on April 25th, 2020. Today's podcast has a special episode with a special guest. Our guest here today is Enes Kantar, who is currently playing for the Boston Celtics in the NBA. And I'm also with Matthew, who will be talking about the evolution of basketball in Adil, who will be talking about the mental health in the NBA with Enes Kantar. Hello, Enes. Welcome. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Fine. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. So... I have a couple questions for you. Go ahead. Uh, my first question is, uh, before the season started, the Celtics weren't getting much chance, but throughout the season, the performance of your team uh, significantly increased, especially Jason Tatum. Um, so I want to ask you, how did you, how did you and your team achieve the success throughout the season? And how far do you think you would have gone in the playoffs if it were actually played? So I think, you know, after we losing, you know, Al Harford or Kyrie Irving, <clears throat> there's going to, you know, there's a, there was so many people out there and said, oh, okay, you know, they lost two of their best players, but now they are going to, you know, they're going to struggle big time. So, and then, you know what, we were just laughing in, in a locker room, I remember, and uh, we watched the clip of what the haters, I'll say, I'll, I'll call it haters, the haters was saying about, you know, about our team, about our players, how they have no, you know, trust or believe in us. And then I think, I feel like the one thing, if you're a good team, the, the, the most important thing you need to do is, you know, just don't get distracted from outside voices. You know, there's going to be so much, you know, the media, this and that. Only you got to focus on us. You got to focus on yourself. So I think one, one thing we really w- was focusing on us was the chemistry. I feel like you can be so good individually, you know, you can be a really good basketball player and, you, you know, you can score 20 or 30 and every given night. But, like, the question you need to ask yourself is, you know, how how can we build this team chemistry and how can we move forward with this, you know, the chemistry going? So I think that that was the main focus, you know, because, like, the better friends we become, the better teammates we're going to be. And it's going to really affect us on the court. So, like, I remember beginning of the season, like, we were, like, one of the top teams in, in the East. And then everybody was like, oh, just they're just lucky. They're just playing against, like, some, you know, some, like, average team. So they're not really that good. But um, we really didn't care. And we were just keep playing and playing and playing hard. But uh, I remember after the All-Star break, they're like, okay, they really have a really good chance to go out there and maybe win a championship and, and maybe win a ring at end of the season. But uh, I ha- I actually have a, this really good quote that I love. It uh, it says haters gonna hate. So <laughs> one thing you need to do is man, just focus on your team because those people out there just sitting there, you know, mom's basement and just being tweeting and talking trash and all that stuff. So like all you gotta do is just focus on what what's front of you. So for for us, it was just funny that how much we got better. I mean, obviously when you play. When you play guys like, you know, Justin Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, like those people are like make themselves better and make everybody else better around them. I'm not just talking about the team. I'm talking about like the organization. I'm talking about like the city, the state. So like it was fun to see how haters' reaction just changed throughout the season. But um, 
you asked me the question that if the play the playoff continues, we had a rook shot or not. So I'll I'll just say this. Um, we still don't know if the season going to continue or not. So we actually still thinking that if the season continues, I think we're going to play the playoffs with, I guess, no fans. But, um, yeah, we, we believe in us. I feel like we have a really good uh, shot, really good chance to go out there and win a championship. So um, it's going to be interesting. So we all we all just sitting here and just waiting to hear from the commissioner so if the NBA is going to come back or not. I see. Okay. Um, I have another question. Um, so my next question is, the Bleacher Report ranked you among the top 10 most influential people in sports culture back in 2018. And uh, especially for you using Twitter as a voice for human rights. And also you've decided to open up a school in Oklahoma. Uh, like we're uh, seeing here that you're very active in social issues. And I wanted to ask what you had to say on these matters. It's like a lot of the NBA players, when they're done with their career, they want to look back. And most of them are thinking about one thing, Oh, how many points I average, or you know how many rebounds I did, how many this or that I did. They they care about stats a lot. But um, when I'm done with my career, I want to look back and ask ask myself a few questions, and uh, how many people I inspired, especially the kids. How many you know the hearts I touch, how many lives I have changed. I guess I could say that. But um, you know I think. You play a basketball, but God put you in this situation for a reason. Um, and uh, if you just play basketball and just be done with your career, I, f- I think it would be very selfish. So, like, the, if the God give you this platform, right, you need to use it, use it, use it for good, for good cause, for change others' life. So, like, for me, uh, it was very, very important to just. Uh, just go out there and, and try to do uh, try to use my platform as much as I can to just bring voice some of the issues that we're having. I'm not just talking about you know the stuff in Turkey. I'm talking about like the the the, the struggles we are having in America and all over the world. If you call yourself a human rights activist, you cannot just be focused on one thing. So for me, it was very important. Whenever I see something um, going wrong. I just because I had a platform, I was trying to use this platform to be voice of all those innocent people out there who don't have a voice. So like, I think what I was doing, what I'm doing still is bigger than basketball and bigger than sports. Like I said, again, I don't want to be just known as a just, you know, basketball, basketball player. I feel like, you know, not just basketball players, but like, if you have a platform, if you're an actor, if you're a singer, if you are, you know, athlete, if you, if you have a platform, period, you need to use it because there's so many people, especially so many kids out there is idolizing you and uh, follow your footsteps. So you go out there, do something crazy. A lot of the youth, uh, young generation, going to think that is cool. But if you go out there and just, you know, do something good, give back to community or do some, you know, some kind of like charity work, you know, they're going to follow your footsteps. So it's a big responsibility on your shoulder. The second thing is you asked me about the, you know, the, the school. I feel like, you know, we have, you know, our world is struggling because of uneducated people. We have, I feel like the, one of the most dangerous thing is just to have an uneducated people around us. So I feel like, you know what, if we want a better and brighter future, we need to educate our youth because those kids are going to be our future. Those kids are going to be, 
you know, doctors, police, maybe president one day. So like for me, it was very important to just uh, educate. I feel like the best investment, what you can do in your life is it comes with education. So like, so that's why Oklahoma gave me so much uh, from day one. They opened their arm from day one, gave me a warm uh, welcome. So for me, it was like, you know what? This is the least I can do for the city and the state to give me everything. And um, that's why I decided to open up a charter school in Oklahoma. And um, it's in a process of just because of this this madness, this virus madness happening. I mean, obviously the process is a little slow right now, but uh, I am very excited about it because yeah, I know it is good for our future. Okay, um, thank you so much. Um, okay, so we'll be moving on to Matthew, who will be talking about the evolution of basketball with Enes Kanter. Yes. Hi, Enes. How are you? How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good, too. Uh, I'm going to be talking about a little history of the basketball, the sport itself, NBA, and how NBA evolved to how it is right now. Uh, I know you know most things about NBA and how basketball started up, but mm -hmm. just for our viewers' sake, I want to talk about how basketball started off first. Okay. So if we go back in history, which that's my job, uh, we look at James Naismith, a uh, fellow who was a 30-year-old a graduate student in Springfield, Massachusetts. He started basketball because in in between their football games, uh, him and his teammates, they would, you know, be chilling. They would be doing other sports. And he wanted to create a game that would be fun to play during these um, break times. He got himself a fruit basket and a volleyball. And he put the fruit basket on top of, a wall like a surface that's higher than the ground and they started throwing the ball into the basket and they formed two teams and then from there with his idea he started creating rules for the game and that's how basketball was invented in the year 1891 uh that's very beautiful how it starts off with the fruit basket it starts off with relatively nothing and now it's something so huge and from there on, I'm going to be quick with this. I'm going to go into the process of how NBA evolved. So coming straight to the 1980s, or they call the 80s era, the Showtime era, the Lakers and Celtics rivalry, the two giants going head to head, two different styles. And uh, I want to talk about how in the 80s, the Lakers had a very a fast paced game. And the Celtics had a more strategic style of uh, the game, the basketball. And they had Larry Bird as one of the leading uh, players in the game. And um, I always remember from my, my childhood, I'm a huge Lakers fan. Uh, I grew up in L.A. And I remember that whole Celtics-Lakers rivalry. It was so huge. And um, I didn't really know it stems from the 80s, which is really nice to uh, know after I did a, a few research about this and how Larry Bird is such a huge name in the history of basketball. He's a legend. And from there on, that culture of competition, the two rivalries, East and West, that whole idea drifted on. And then in the 90s, we see the legend himself, Michael Jordan, come into play. America wins an Olympic gold medal. 
NBA and the basketball itself becomes an internationally recognized sport and other countries start adapting NBA into their country. They start adapting the sport beforehand as well. And Michael Jordan and the American team win the gold medal. And Michael Jordan becomes the face of the sport, literally. And uh, we see him even after basketball with his shoe brand, with many other things, how he's still relevant. Uh, moving on from there, we go into the mid-2000s. And we see the Steve Nash, the Phoenix Suns, and how they start using more, they start uh, shooting more three points, three pointers. And we see how Steve Nash is the leading figure in that style of game with the Phoenix Suns. And during those times, we see an, e- an even faster paced game. And NBA starts already is on the rise with the fan base growing internationally recognized already it's a, it's a growing sport it keeps growing but this fast-paced game this uh, seven seconds or less style of game pl- play brings more fans in because the fans the people in America they're so used to those slow-paced games like soccer uh, American football you can say is kind of faster but it's also slower when you compare it to NBA in basketball uh, you get baseball you know these are relatively golf slow paced games but nba with this style with the style that phoenix suns pushes even harder during the mid 2000s becomes this fast paced game which fans love to watch and then after that we go into the mid 2010s and then you get the modern era basketball the stephen curry's the golden state warriors and you get great legends for the pick and roll like Durant and Stephen Curry. And that those are the times um, that you yourself start going into NBA and you play in multiple teams as well. And this is just a brief history of how the NBA, uh, how basketball started and then how it became the NBA and involved from there on, because many people may not know this. I myself didn't know that. I always thought NBA, I always thought basketball was a slow, uh, fast paced game. Sorry. It was a fast-paced game that it changes like every minute. You never know which team's going to really win. There's so much that goes into it. But I didn't know it just started to become such a fast-paced game, especially with the three-pointers. Because when you're relatively new to the game, you would think the three-pointers are the most important part of the game and it should be used the most. But in the past, if you compare it to now, it was used very little. It was risky to use. Uh, this also changes how uh, players are drafted, how the image of players change, how players that are relatively short but fast are used more uh, strategically in the gameplays, and so on. Now I want to move on to my questions uh, for UNS. And my first question is, we get this question a lot in history. So if you're a historian, they ask you this question a lot. Which era in history would you want to live in? Wow. I get that question yeah. a lot. And I changed that into a basketball-style question, and I want to ask you which era in basketball history and NBA history right. would you want it to Got play? It. Um, uh, what an amazing information you just give up for listeners. You know, so some of the information you just give, I didn't even know. But um, I think what you said, what you just said, how the basketball invented, and then you talk about the '80s. I you know you talk about you know like the most. I'm talking about Hakeem. I'm talking about you know just Moses Malone and all all that stuff. But uh, I think, you know, game of basketball, like you said, has changed a lot, really a lot, because 
if you look at like back in the 80s, 90s, especially 20s, it's like game of basketball was back to basketball. It was back to basketball. There were so many back to basketball players in the league. It was like a little more slow, slow pace. But now it's like with with what you said, what you just said, you know, just Steve Nash and especially the 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 you know the Golden State. I, I don't want to say they ruined the league, but they definitely changed the league a lot. You know, I go to a lot of basketball camps, but now all the kids will they all want to do go three point shot and the fast pass game. But um, it's like if I had to pick, I will definitely try to love to play it in the '90s because like it because like just because the NBA changed a lot. You know, you don't see many back-to-basket players anymore. You don't see many big men out there anymore. It is all about, you know, the small ball, uh, like what Houston Rocket is doing, what Golden State is doing, what some of the some of the actually teams have slowly started to change their team. But uh, 80s and 90s, man, the, like the the game was more tougher, and you know that there was so many strong player out there. But now you breathe on a guy, the ref calls you a foul. You know, and you touch the guy, the, the ref gives you a call, whatever. But, like, before 80s and 90s was different, definitely different era. Because, like, you know, there were there were so many fist fights and they were just only was get a foul. But now you're, like, you push a guy, you get, you get ejected. So I feel like, you know, game of basketball changed definitely. Because, like, the more kids are watching it now, more fans are watching it now. They want NBA players to be idle, obviously, but like it definitely becomes softer. NBA definitely became uh, way softer. But um, if I had to pick, I would definitely go with either 80s or 90s, especially 90s when talking about, you know, Larry and Magic and Jordan and all this, you know, Kareem and all this, you know, um, players, especially after, uh, like you said, American. national team won the olympic gold medal they called it the dream team but nba nba just american basketball just took off and michael jordan like you said i met him uh, probably like nine years ago he was at one point he was the most famous uh human being on earth so like for me it was it was it was just amazing to just meet him it was definitely an honor but uh but uh, asking you, asking answering your question, definitely either eighties or nineties, maybe more nineties. Uh, yeah, and I know you're a huge Lakers fan, so does that uh, being a fan of Lakers also affect that question? I I think you know I actually growing up watching the Lakers. I'm talking about like Kobe and yeah. Shaq times because I I know the Celtics. If the Celtics fans listen to this, they might get mad. But like I did grow up as a Lakers fan because that was the only team I was watching. Obviously, well, I grew up in Turkey, and because of the time difference, my my mom especially never let me wake up that early because I had to school the next day. So like I was watching the the highlights the next day and stuff. So and then you watching Kobe and Shaq, it was they were just different beasts, different animals. But um, it was the, uh, so I grew up as a Lakers fan, and um, actually I, my dream was to become a Lakers, but now I'm playing against their the rivalry yeah. Celtics. So it's it, 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 it's fun. It's definitely yeah. fun. That's really nice. Uh, thank you for that answer. Now moving on to my second question. Uh, where do you see NBA or the sport of basketball in the next five years? Do you think the game will keep evolving like it is or it, will it settle down with this fast-paced three-point gameplay? I think more... So like back in the day, like a few years ago... 
not many big men was shooting threes. But now, look the last, you, you look at this year, especially this year, and I think going forward, I think everyone's going to be able to shoot threes. It is all about fundamental now. It is all about three-point shot, uh, three shot. It is all about, you know, p- pick and roll games and stuff. So, like, Oh, so like for me, I think five years for sure is going to is, is going to change a lot. I feel like more the NBA will go even more smaller, you know, because like you you think about basketball is like if you think about a basketball player, you, the first thing that comes to my mind is like a huge giant human yeah. beings, right? But now I feel like in five years it's gonna get smaller and smaller and smaller. I see. Yeah, I can see that happening too. Okay, that's uh, those were my questions, and that, that that was the history, a short history of basketball. Thank you for your que- uh, answers, uh, Enes. Now I will pass it on to Adil, who will talk about mental health in the NBA. Perfect. Hello, Enes. I want to welcome you one more time. How is everything? I'm good, thank you. I appreciate it. So for today, I think the thought process for me today started started with the day that NBA got suspended during these unprecedented times right. for because of the pandemic. Yeah. And I remember exactly what we were doing in the house. You know, I was, I was, it was the halftime for the Mavericks and Nuggets game. Mm-hmm. And then we watched that game until the end. But then while we were watching, I was thinking, you know, when is the next time I'm going to be able to watch the NBA? Right. And, you know, while thinking about that, um, as a fan, we know how much that was, how much devastating that was for us. Mm-hmm. But then, I think we want to know how, from the player's perspective, you know, as a player, how did that feel for you when we first heard about Rudy Gobert and then hours later, the NBA was suspended for up to a month. And then, you know, and we want to kind of ask you, um, what was the, what was the talk between the team in the locker room or how, how did you feel? First of all, I think it's, I remember we played uh, against Indiana Pacers. We won that game. Um, and then we took off, went to Milwaukee Bucks because we the next day we had a game against Milwaukee Bucks, and um, we are in a hotel like every road trip. Uh, and um, it's funny because I was actually watching that game too, the Nuggets mm-hmm. against the uh, Mavericks, because it was on national TV. I think I can't remember. It was either like ESPN or TNT or ABC. ESPN, yeah. yeah, it was in ESPN. So like I'm watching this right, and um, the same time. Uh, the Jazz was playing against Oklahoma City Thunder, and I played against both teams before. So, like, one of the players called me, actually, or from Oklahoma City. I'm like, dude, like, you have a game, right? He's like, no, 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 our game just got canceled. I'm like, what do you mean just got canceled? He said, I think one of the Jazz players had the virus. I think it's Rudy Gobert. I'm like, no way. So, like, for me, I, I I was shocked. I was like, wow, this is really, like, this is something very serious. But, uh, and then I talked to him a little bit. He told me, actually, I didn't, not many people know this, but, like, he, the the, the Thunder player said, uh, they actually want us to go back to our locker room, just wash, take every, our, you know, jersey, wash our clothes, this and that. So I'm like, wow, this is, like, literally getting serious. And then security, the security cleared the whole arena. Then um, I look at the – I was watching that game, what you were watching, and I heard that, like, the it was, a, like, a breaking news that uh, NBA suspended. I'm like, wow. So we, I, I was, I'm thinking about, like, we have a game the next day. What are we going to do? So, and then uh, I was – I turned on CNN, and then the first thing that they were talking about, the NBA. And um, I went up 
I went up to my trainer's room and we talked a little bit. They said, yeah, we have no idea what's going to happen. And I, 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 I think at that point, we know it, it, there was something serious coming, but we still didn't know how serious it was. So I, went, I was actually downstairs playing pool with my friends and stuff. We're just hanging out and stuff. But, uh, and then I saw the box coach, Milwaukee box coach. I'm like, okay, and in our hotel, it, it never happens. And I'm like, okay, this is something very seriously going on. And um, the, coach, the coach texted us, and then we actually uh, had to leave. The, going back to Boston and we didn't play the game and um, there was so much media around us they were just wanted to talk to us get a quote or get a comment from us but we really didn't we couldn't because like we don't know what is going to happen so we went, we went back to Boston we actually stayed at home around like two days and then all of us got tested and uh, they said till you know uh, you have 14 days to stay at home in quarantine and uh, just wait see what was what happens so and then um i remember in 14 days what well, actually it was pretty sad because one of our team members marcus mark got positive uh for COVID 19 and we were just all felt you know very sad for him because it was like one of our brothers so um so and then like for at that point we had no idea what was going to everyone so was so confused the whole nba and then you see like the other uh, other major leagues just started to cancel. Uh, not cancel, sorry, suspended. And um, you and not just in America, all over the world, it just started to happen. I'm like, okay, this is way bigger than sports and way bigger than you know uh, basketball. So just let's focus on that right now. Let's focus on getting better. So and uh, after we got tested, we waited around like 14 days, and then the team said, you know, you guys can travel if you want, but if you guys want to stay in Boston, you guys can stay in Boston. Um. You know, for at that point, because like Rudy was actually one of my really good friends because I played with him. Ah, you were on the same team together. But uh, a lot of people were just like, they were hating on him. But he was actually, if he didn't test a positive, right? If he didn't test a positive, NBA was going to suspend it even like late, probably like after four or five days, what it, you know, supposed to uh, should be. But, uh, I feel like a lot of people hated on him, but like if he didn't test a positive, I'm sure so many people was going to test a positive because NBA was gonna the the suspension was going to be delayed. So anyway, I think for me, all I can do right now pray for Rudy and whoever just affected because so many other like Kevin Durant or so many other players that tested that positive, they they're doing good for now. But uh, I feel like you asked me about the mental side of this thing. Um, it's it's tough because I really don't care about the basketball side right now. All I care about how can we get through this together because there's something way bigger than going on in basketball and our world is experiencing it like never experienced before. So like for me, let's let's get through this together because people are losing their life, losing their loved ones, losing their businesses, and losing their everything they they got. So for me, I'm like, you know what, NBA, I don't, I don't know if NBA is going to start or not, but right now our focus should be getting people better. Wow. Thank, thank you for that perspective. And as, um, uh, because we, as fans, you know, we, we, so many times we ask the question of, you know, the player's perspective and the team's perspective. And right. thank you for that. And actually you mentioned something that I wanted to get into and next, which, and the key word there was together. And the NBA, actually, for those of, those of you that are that may not be aware, is offering tremendous efforts on 
handling mental mental health and uh, emotional wellness through this through the tough times and they are calling it they're doing this under mba together and they're offering great sports to youth to parents and to um and and to the public under under the project of mind health and and again mba right you know is embracing this and keeping keeping its staff and its players together and we know what they're offering to us as fans or to the public but again you know from there we want to know again uh what what they're offering to the players, I and mean, we want to know your perspective. So, what is what what kind of resources are, are available to you through the NBA or even your team, perhaps as the Celtics organizations? You know, how are they supporting you through this? I think you know one thing we're really focusing on is us again, because like, um, because we still don't know if NBA is going to continue or not, right? But uh, you still want to like I like I talk about like the beginning of the conversation about the team chemistry. So we still trying to build our team chemistry obviously we cannot really go hang out or go see each other but uh we actually have this um the zoom conferences every wednesday and we are actually inviting one of the celebrity that is giving us some inspirational talk i'm you know like the you know the last one the last three of them was i feel like you know was so cool you know ll cool j just came to talk to us mark Wahlberg, ken jong you guys know okay mr chow hangover but like it's it's just so nice to see that my teams are my teammates are doing well the coaches are doing well or like their families doing well so it just makes you feel i mean you feel better inside because those people because you see them so much those people are you know players are becoming your brothers so uh, the other thing you know i think nba is doing really well we have these chapels you know i think if you're feeling you know any kind of like down on yourself or if you're feeling any you know, weaknesses, we had this, like, chapel, and you don't have to attend it. I mean, it's not mandatory. It's optional. But um, every Tuesday, we had these chapels that, you know, just we are praying for each other before we are praying for in our world, for our world. Because, like, we, I feel like it doesn't matter what religion you're in. It doesn't matter, you know, what your ethnicity or your skin color or, you know, your culture is. The most important thing in life is live your difference on a table and try to find what we have in common and i would say it is you know till elon musk or someone else find another planet to live this world is what we have so we need to make this world together that's the key word together and like i said this before our world has never experienced experiencing anything like that like this before but uh i feel like we should all come together and it doesn't matter what religion you're in we should pray because our world and people needs praying or all the healthcare workers nurses doctors and you know, or people who are affected by this uh, virus. So what NBA is doing, do, doing an amazing job by building, still building this team chemistry and mentally, and also physically. Not many people know this, but uh, I don't know if you're gonna ask me that question, but I, I'll, I'll answer it anyway. But uh, we actually we still have practice. You know, I don't want to say practice, but we still have workouts like three times a week. So it's like. We had these groups, and then there's four or five players in this group. And um, the strength coach actually called on us on FaceTime, and uh, we work out four of them around like 45 minutes. I'm talking about obviously we cannot go to any facility or a public gym, but uh, we do the best we can to stay in shape in our house. I'm talking about like push ups, sit ups, I'm talking about squats, or just any kind of stuff that you can, you know, you can lift with your body weight. 
So like we mentally and physically, I think NBA doing an amazing job to support their players and their coaches and the fans and workers. Well, once again, thank you so much for for that perspective, Anes. I think we we love hearing you know we love hearing those words. And again, together is I think the key word here for all of us, like you said. For next, I actually have somewhat of a personal question. Um, and I want to ask you about Ramadan. You know, mm-hmm. it just started yesterday. Right. And I want to know um, how, you, how you're planning on spending your Ramadan. And, you know, you're at home still. How's your day right. going? I mean, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I'm a little heartbroken because when you say Ramadan, right, Ramadan means getting together with friends and families and your loved ones and break bread together. Uh, share story with each other or, you know, just the feel, feel, that, feel that holy month, feel that holiness. So, like, just because of all this, like, you know, stuff's happening, right? It is impossible. And the other thing, the, the meaning of Ramadan is understand others, understanding each other. Because we have, you know, we can be very blessed to be in this situation, especially, like, we have, you know, we have the food, clean water. We have, you know, opportunity to do pretty much everything. But, like, understanding what I mean by that is, you know, there's so many people out there suffering. You know, there's so many, you know, you know, the people out there, especially not, not just in America, all over the world, Africa or Asia or this and Europe, whatever. So like by fasting, you understand others better. So like when they ask me that question, I'm like definitely a little heartbroken because I cannot, because Ramadan means giving back. Ramadan means giving back to your community and do a lot of charity work. But just because of all this stuff happening, it's impossible. So, but that's why, I've been actually trying to do as much as Zoom conference as I can to just give positive energy to all those people out there, especially during this holy month. But um, what I'm doing is I'm definitely right now focusing on myself uh, because, because like, this is like, we always make excuses about, you know, how busy our schedule is, right? Oh, practices, workouts, games, or classes, or study, homework, this and that. But I feel like this is a really good time to invest in yourself, to invest in your future by, you know, reading books and maybe watch some documentary and, and try to get better, you know, not just sit on your Xbox or PlayStation, play video games all day, but like do something good for your future. So, you know, you can have a better and bright future. But um, so that's what I'm really focusing on. Just learn about anything, learning about about history, learn about, you know, maybe um, um do like trying to get some new hobbies. I'm actually trying to learn how to cook and trying to play piano as actually two of my hobbies. But um, like I said, again, uh, it's, 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 I'm a little heartbroken, but I'm really trying to spend time and uh, as much as I can, I'm focusing on myself. Thank you so much, Enes, for coming in and we hope to talk to you in better days. Sure. We would like to personally thank NS Content for joining us on our podcast. We wish him and everyone else to stay safe and healthy. Our special episode has come to an end. We will continue to host more professionals in the upcoming weeks. Cup of Chai is a podcast series that aims to provide insight and knowledge to those interested. This podcast will consist of weekly meetings with experts in their fields. As volunteer university students, we continue to present current and educational topics that will be of interest 
to the environment and the community you are in. We aim to release better quality episodes with your support and feedback. We hope that you enjoy and stick around. Happy Ramadan everyone.